in today's episode of our Extra Time series. I just could never stand Arsene Wenger. I just hated the man from the minute I saw him. <laughs> Being the Spurs home, we knew it was going to be busy. We did not expect that amount of people to come out. <laughs> the trophy situation is clearly one that pisses off a lot of Spurs fans. And Where it's was that elephant? <laughs> oh, there you are. This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. It's an open goal, and the opportunity is taken by Raheem Sterling. In behind for Salah, and Salah for Mane. It comes in an instant for Liverpool. Sliding, it's in! Lucas Moura with the hat-trick goal! Spurs are going to the Champions League final! And here's your host, James Rose. Hello and welcome to another episode in our Extra Time series, a new series of shows where we go beyond the weekly quizzes to talk more about the important aspects of the beautiful game. For many, we know a great deal about the soccer supporter groups based within the UK, but only a few would know about the large number of groups across the United States. For today's episode, I'm very excited to be back at Strange Days Brewing with one of Kansas City's largest EPL fan bases. That's right, folks. For the first time in our show history, I'm sitting down with some members of the KC Spurs. And I'm joined by season regular Jerry Bustamante, fellow KC Spurs member and Taproom Marketing Manager at Strange Days Brewing, Brian Coltenbach, and another member of the group, Johav Krauthammer. Guys, welcome. How are we doing? We're doing great. Doing good. I'm yeah. looking forward to this. Yeah. I got a beer. It's good. It is basically half hour. We're drinking some lovely Strange Days beer, the Mountain Hike Spruce IPA, Ooh, available yes. now. Very sprucey. Very sprucey. How would you like it? It isn't actually available so now. Good. We're closed right now. But yeah. please don't come here right this second. It's available tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. <laughs> Which is when you should start drinking. True. Great. This is, all, this is all staying in it, guys. Love it. Um, so the purpose of today's interview is, uh, first of all, to get to the grassroots of the local Spurs fan base, how the group started, what to expect at watch parties, memorable moments, and of course, how people can join the group. Uh, but to start off with, I want to go around the room and ask how each of you discovered Spurs and became fans. So Jared, why don't we start with you? Let's see. Uh lifetime player and all that and then growing up in America it's really great because you get to pick you know we didn't have uh, 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 really any large professional soccer league uh, uh, in America until like you know the mid 90s we had MLS coming up uh, I was a Kansas City kid uh, living all around the United States as a Navy brat so obviously cheer for the then Wizards uh, but then you start to look at you know the best league in the world you start to look at the EPL and uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the things I knew that I didn't want uh, was one of the just one of the top four, right? You know, it was always it was all United, it was all Liverpool, and even then it was all Arsenal, right? Uh, so you know, you start doing a little bit of research, and uh, uh, my favorite was uh, learning about uh, a club in N17, uh, a very diverse working class part of London, uh, and then you start to kind of uh, uh, you know delve into the uh, delve into the history there they had uh it didn't hurt that they had you know some american sway you had clint dempsey uh playing for Tottenham Hotspur there in the 2000s um you had paul robinson uh who was the england national keeper there for a while yeah yeah. uh and uh you it's just like anything else you start following and uh you know i thought this is the kind of heartbreak that i'm actually due for (laughs) um i you know as uh you know as a Mizzou Tigers fan, you know, as a Kansas City Royals fan, as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I was like, you know what? Let's do something that's absolutely going to break my heart. And I'm happy to say 
of Spurs have remained remarkably consistent with that uh, thesis. So that that's, is true. So that's been useful. But um, uh, no, it has been uh, uh, you know, getting into the rivalry, uh, the North London Derby and Arsenal, and, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention just how much I hate them. Uh, and that is really... Uh, you know, inversely fueled my desire uh, uh, to to, to bull for the Lily Whites. So yeah, that's kind of my story, and uh, we're we're already off the cliff. So here we go. We'll take it. Uh, you have. Well, I wish I had as wonderful of a story as the good Jared here, but you know, I <clears throat> started out with uh, Israeli parents who brought me up here in the United States and really focused my energy on soccer and and really didn't know that there were other sports to even follow. And then I had a dad who really was just absolutely in love with Tottenham Hotspur because of the Jewish connection and because of the fact that there's just a lot of pride in the local Jewish community in N17. And like Jared said, it is a very diverse community, and so it's not just the Jewish team. But, you know, there's a lot of history there that really kind of resonated with my father, resonated with me because he really enjoyed it. And then echoing on Jared's point, you know, mid to late 90s when I'm really you know late teens really starting to come up and try to find my identity and Arsenal started doing well and I just could never stand Arsene Wenger I just hated the man from the minute I saw him and it just really let me want to be a Spurs fan that much more because it just made it that much easier to just hate the man and really have a good explanation for why and now that he's gone obviously the hate is stuck around I I, I still can't stand him but you know what Unai Emery almost as bad so we're just fine we might get there. Uh, Brian, how about you? Uh, yeah, so I started following Spurs about five years ago. Um, I played soccer like as a kid, rec league soccer, nothing competitive, but always enjoyed the game. Um, you know, being in the U.S., there's not a, there wasn't at least a huge presence, like Jared said. Um, but you know, always watch the U.S. team and the World Cup and things like that. Um, and then I had a friend. Um, a couple friends that were Spurs fans and I just kind of you know I'll, I'll give it a shot I like soccer let's, let's see how this goes and it was like one game I fell in love um, the way that you know they played and just the atmosphere around the game I was like I'm hooked um, yeah so it's amazing um, just following them for the past few years and I know that they've been the better years but um, there is still tons of heartbreak in those better years yeah. of recent past. Um, but, you know, like Jerry was saying, I I know that heartbreak because I'm a Cowboys fan. And they used to be really good. <laughs> and then there were some really <laughs> bad years. And, you know, we're, we're on the upswing. So, I'll take it. It's, you know, same kind of thing. Swings and roundabouts. Yeah. <laughs> um, how then did the group actually start? Um, Jared, I guess I'll throw this one to you. Can you pin a specific day, time, year? How did the idea come about? What was the very foundation of this group's beginnings? <clears throat> so all credit has to go to uh, Nathan and Angela Wells, uh, who have uh, um, uh, now a lovely, uh, a lovely family. Uh, uh, you know, they have uh, two wonderful children and uh, have been nice enough to pass down a lot of their Spurs onesies uh, to my son, which has been great. Um, <laughs> So my wife, Jessie, and I, uh, I, I conned her into getting up early and watching uh, Premier League soccer back when we were dating. This is back in like 2012, 2013. And actually just found the group on Facebook. And back then, uh, here in Kansas City, there is a, uh, a bar district called Power and Light. There was one giant bar, where actually Liverpool is now, uh, called the Dubliner. And you had 
CIA. You had Chelsea there, you had United there, and then there were a handful of our Spurs supporters. And everybody got a television. Nobody got audio. You listened to some weird diddly jig Irish music. Uh, so you had people screaming at different points in matches and not really knowing what was going on. It was an absolutely dissociative narrative. So uh, That wasn't just the United fans being a little weird? That, well, I mean, we have them here as strange days. They're still very weird. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but, Love you guys. Uh, <laughs> Bo, I'm talking to you. Uh, so... What eventually happened is uh, I had a friend of mine uh, who was a manager at a, at a separate bar uh, uh, in, in the Power and Light. And in that district, Arsenal had their bar, Johnny's. Um, and this was a separate bar called the Flying Saucer. It's a franchise. Uh, and he was a United fan, so he hated Arsenal, hated Liverpool, and said, hey, I'll open it for you if you can make this happen. And that is when uh, Jesse and I started kind of... Uh, uh, putting on Facebook and really kind of taking over the group. And eventually, uh, Nathan uh, made a point to say, look, I'm starting a family. I don't have the time for this anymore. Do you want to take this over? Uh, and uh, Jesse and I just kind of filled that void. And all credit to my wife, who is a social media maven. I've, I've said this to you. You know, if anything funny comes across on Twitter, that is Jesse Fox Bustamante. It is not me. <laughs> um, and really just making it known that, you know, watches were consistent, watches were there, you know, we are going to be here. And uh, uh, Jesse actually, you know, uh, uh, tweeted out a composite photo of our first, you know, uh, watcher was just us, uh, at Casey Spurs at the Flying Saucer back in 2013, 2014 season. And I think there were nine of us in that photo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and that was the top portion. And the bottom portion was Strange Days Brewing, where we are, where you could not see the concrete, yeah. where we said, how many? It was 350 raffle tickets. That sounds yeah, about right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and assuming that not everybody got a raffle ticket. I mean, I stood at the bar and announced the winner, and I'm not sure anyone could hear me. This place was so <laughs> packed. So, I actually uh, won that. I just haven't collected it. <laughs> <yet. laughs> oh, you the winner? Oh. <laughs> and, and, and now I've got to sit here and write you off a check <laughs> again. Uh, but, you know, the uh, uh, really couldn't do it you know, without my wife. Uh, uh, kind of, this was uh, uh, something where she's always been an all-time sports fan. Uh, and then uh, meeting people like you fine gentlemen uh, uh this has always been kind of kismet uh, uh for me uh where you know james you know you and i met over at uh, uh flying saucer did, yeah. uh uh got roped in started the podcast uh cory yep. uh, who has been on was he's been just on it. kind of a weirdo <laughs> who would actually watch every tottenham match at the arsenal bar sitting at the bar secrets out cory sharing <laughs> all the arsenal matches as well so that sounds like cory he would come over at halftime say hi and then go right back uh, and now you guys are, you know, come in as part of leadership. Uh, and then it was uh, uh, with Nathan and Amelia uh, o- yep. o- over Facebook. They were opening a, a, a bar. They wanted to be a soccer bar here in the River Market. Uh, saw that they were Spurs fans, and Nathan and I had uh, 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 had a drink <laughs> over at Harry's Country Club. and said, hey, let's do this. Um, and you guys have been our home ever since, uh, Brian. Uh, and it has been, uh, I... I, I glow when I think about it. It has been absolutely remarkable. And, uh, you know, June 1st, 
uh, being able to sit back and see the culmination of that journey yeah, uh, has been an absolute yeah. trip, man. Good let me one. tell you. Um, so, Brian, then, when Jared approached you guys with the idea of having a soccer group come in and watch, what was the thinking at first? Did it develop into something that you guys didn't expect? Or kind of take us through that journey. No, I mean, we, the from the outset, we wanted to be a place for soccer. It just so happened that, you know, a couple of the owners were Spurs fans, and it was just the perfect marriage of groups. We wanted soccer, we were, we were Spurs fans, why wouldn't we do this? Right. So it was, you know, the best thing to, to happen. And the fact that the group has grown even since when we opened a year and a half ago is outstanding. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's nice that, you know, we're, we're open for every single game. And I think that, that helps keep that, that group going. Mm-hmm. Yohab, how would you come into the group? I am sure Jared remembers this, but uh, I moved to Kansas City exactly a year ago, two days ago. And uh, I was in town for a conference two weeks beforehand. I was looking for a place to live, and I was presenting. And I needed a place to watch the Spurs. And I got on Facebook and found this place. And I was like, huh. I got here. I couldn't find anywhere to park. I really (laughs) didn't know what the hell was going on. Welcome to the River Market. (laughs) I was in a suit on a Sunday in August. Nothing really was going well for me that day. (laughs) And I walked in, and I think Jared was the first person who came up and introduced himself and um, was a little worried that there's a random dude in a suit that showed up at like 11 o'clock at <laughs> halftime for a game, but welcomed me in and really haven't looked back since. The people here have been so accommodating, so nice, and just turned it into really a family affair on the weekends, and I look forward to the weekends when I can come down and watch. That's awesome. So what can people expect then? Obviously, we can come in, we watch the game together, but outside of watching the game, what, what does the group do? I mean, are there any events that you guys put on? Uh, are there things that we do during the games? Is there anything in that respect that we can elaborate on? So the first thing that really pops into mind uh, is a uh, one, uh, what happens during the matches, uh, you know, a dollar of every beer you drink uh, goes to our charity that, uh, you know, that we sponsor each year. Uh, last year was Literacy KC. Uh, this year uh, it is uh, CPC, Child Protective Services. Uh, 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 and they, you know, uh, uh, you know, provide services for uh, uh, for children that are disabled and that are the product of you know, kind of rough homes and things like that. It's a phenomenal uh, organization. But uh, the other thing that uh, really uh, uh, that I think has changed along with the evolution is uh, uh, I feel like we're kind of losing our very polite Midwesternness uh, in the singing and chanting and all of that throughout the match. You can expect an absolutely engaging mm-hmm. uh, 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 watch. Uh, there were times over at uh, 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 the old bar where it, it felt very quiet and everyone was very polite and all of that. I do remember that. And yeah. it was <laughs> something I wanted to bring back. Uh, my wife and I were on our honeymoon and we actually stopped into Flannery's uh, to shout out New York uh, Spurs. Uh, and it was uh, Spurs Burnley. Uh, back in December of uh, 2016, and it was amazing. I mean, you probably had 100 people in there, and it was loud, and it was raucous, and chants starting from the bar, and all of that. And Jess and I looked at each other like, you know, we don't do this. And we have one fella, I know you know who I'm talking about, Marshall Totten, or a little sergeant <laughs> at arms, a little spitfire, and he knows all the songs. Uh, and that's one thing that I'm very, very happy that, you know, the, the, the group has really embraced and kind of come out of the shell and being loud and all of that. Uh, and uh, uh, Strange Days has uh, uh, really come up with 
amazing events for us. I mean, the, the UCL final, uh, we had multiple screens. We had outside, we had a food truck, uh, and it turned out we absolutely needed that extra yeah. space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that it was packed. <laughs> that we, we really thought was just kind of an, uh, uh, kind of an afterthought. Uh, Chris Beer, ladies and gentlemen, uh, leave, leaving the building. Chris is saying bye to us. Good, uh, bye, Chris. Go to another meeting. Good to see you. <laughs> He's off to another meeting. He's a man about town. Um, but, uh, you know, you can expect uh, not only that, but merchandise. Ah, uh, there we go. And all of that. <laughs> we have a new scarf design coming. We have shirts. We have sweatshirts. Uh, jerseys? Uh, uh, jerseys. Oh, see? question mark. Brainstorming. Uh, I like this. Uh, this is a shout to Pete Lewis, uh, who has asked me for new T-shirts when I first started this thing. <laughs> and thank God for Corey Gregory, because without Corey, we wouldn't have new That's T-shirts. Uh, that are actually being worn by you two right now, which is great. Yeah. And our brewer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the three of us. Yes. Totally unplanned. Good advertising. Yeah, it really wasn't. <laughs> Love it. Um, let me elaborate a little bit more on the Champions League final watch because I think almost underestimating how insanely popular it was in here. I mean, first of all, Brian, did we expect those numbers? Mm. Um, what was your overall reaction? Just kind of take us through that, that day if you could. So being the Spurs home, we knew it was going to be busy. Yeah. We knew that people that may not normally come to watches were going to come out. We did not expect that amount of people to come out. <laughs> um, and we had uh, Liverpool supporters come out too. We had fans of just soccer come out and watch the game. It was one of the best environments that we've had in the brewery since we've opened. Um, luckily, we had the outside space that we could uh, spill over space. Luckily, the fire marshal didn't come through either. So <laughs> um, but yeah, it was absolutely amazing. Just, I mean... The atmosphere was amazing. The result, eh, less so. Best, yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll talk about the result. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, no, we don't have to talk about it. Still, <laughs> but I mean, I think they need credit for hosting that event because, you know, the Liverpool bar in town was charging a cover. They were, yes. yes. There were people that were coming here from the Liverpool bar just because Strange Days was hosting such a better party and people really enjoyed their time. And I think that was... That's something that they deserve a lot of credit for. I agree. For. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Absolutely. Yeah. agree with that. And is it still to date your most uh, successful day in terms of takings? To date, it is our most successful date uh, of number of beers sold. Love it. Um, Just wanted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to check that. Yeah. It's still a stat. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, we just got to beat it next year, right? There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so then talk us about Strange Days specifically. Um, the bar itself, where did the idea come from to start Strange Days? When did it officially start? Uh, kind of take us through that journey a little bit. Sure. So the brewery officially opened in March of 2018. Um, it was started by three guys that, you know, homebrewed for, you know, four or five years together and, you know, went to a couple of local competitions, won some, you know, awards there. And we're like, hey, maybe we should open a brewery. Like, people seem to like our beer. Why don't we do this? So... You know, it was a couple-year process for them to actually open, like, get the space, open the brewery. Um, and then, you know, we just kind of went from there. Finding these soccer groups has been a great benefit for it. But, you know, Strange Days was always, it was a place to be no matter what kind of crazy stuff was, or strange stuff, was going on outside. It was an escape from that where it's a community space where people can get together, have beer, and not have to worry about other outside outside stuff. And am I right in thinking too that your soft open was actually the North London Derby? What am I right in thinking that? It was the first, one of the first events that you guys hosted 
It was, I felt like it was at six in the morning. It was. We, <laughs> it was a late February morning yeah. uh, in 2018. Were you guys technically weren't even Yeah, because we opened yet. March 2nd. Uh, and so it was like right before right that. Before then, yeah. And, uh, it was busy. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. your like, uh, all these guys. <laughs> I do think our official one, which was on our one-year anniversary this past year, was bigger than that. But yeah, okay. I mean, for us not being open... That was pretty good. Yeah, that's <laughs> not too bad, sure. right? We'll take it. Uh, all right, let's transition now to a little bit about Spurs. We talked about the group and how it's grown and all that. So uh, let's talk about the joy of Spurs. Um, let me ask you in turn, obviously, from the last 10 years, uh, give us your kind of highlights, what you've enjoyed about Spurs, what you've maybe less or not as enjoyed as much. Uh, let's start with Johan on this one. <clears throat> highlights, obviously. I mean, you got to go to the Champions League final, making the Champions League final, yep. watching that Ajax game in Amsterdam. I uh, unfortunately was not here in town for that. I was at a meeting in San Francisco and stumbled into the Spurs bar in San Francisco. Uh, they did a great job out there, but uh, for whatever reason, plenty of Ajax fans showed up there as well, and that turned into a very quiet first half. <laughs> we had a couple here too. Yeah, yeah. It was, did. It was yeah. and I remember. <laughs> it <turned quiet> too. <laughs> you know, I didn't have a ton of time, and I remember going across the street to get a hot dog and saying, you know, I might just go back to the hotel, and then looking down at my phone and seeing that it was two-two, and I was like, oh, I got to get back. <laughs> I got back, and then in time to watch. Lucas, go ahead and throw out that uh, 95th-minute winner. Um, so that's got to be a highlight for me. I mean, I, absolutely just phenomenal to watch that and be able to be part of that. Um, lows, you know, obviously there was a lot of lows because there was a lot of expectations over the right. last 10 years. Hiring Juan de Ramos away from Spain and having all of the excitement that he was going to bring and watching that fizzle out over the course of a couple of years and – than getting uh, AVB and, you know, the next the next Jose Mourinho and the next protege. And, uh, we so shake many, our heads during yeah, this. <laughs> so many lows that just couldn't be explained. We right. made so many bad decisions on signings. And, uh, you know, I, I think all of them really worked in our favor, though, because we ended up in the position we're in now. Right. Jared, your thoughts on that? Uh, so I was just looking to make sure it was still within 10 years. Uh, but my favorite... We can stretch it to 12, I guess. Uh, well, no, uh, because it was the 2010-2011 Champions League uh, against Inter Milan. Uh, so that was okay, your yeah, yeah. Gareth Bale, your Luka Modric's, uh, uh, Tom Huddleston mm. Spurs. Um, and I remember watching that match. Um, uh, that was a 4-3 a loss at the San Siro, uh, who were... Uh, uh, the holders, if I'm not mistaken, uh, oh, uh, at, <laughs> at, at the time. Uh, and uh, then uh, to come back to the land and then win 3-0. Uh, win your Champions League group and then lose to Real Madrid in the quarters. Which is <laughs> not a bad narrative, yeah. uh, but you know, you, you really felt, uh, you know, Spurs are kind of the newbies uh, coming in, and uh, uh, you really felt like that team could really compete. Yeah. And uh, it, it wasn't long after that that you felt like you know we were basically pilfered uh, by Real Madrid, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, but I tell you what you know, and in in the ultimate you know uh, I know you know people can knock Daniel Levy and all that, but you know you look at you know what we call you know the Bale players, right? You know uh, you know those players that come in with that Gareth Bale money. You know, boy, that's been just fine. <laughs> um, and uh, now we're kind of looking at it, you know, seeing some of those players kind of grow. You're looking at Christian Eriksen and seeing if he leaves, 
I don't want him to leave, and I don't want him to leave for free. For yeah, sure. yeah but, that um, could happen. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, your, your question of the last 10 years is actually, you know, pretty spot on because I think that has been marked, you know, really the ascendancy of Spurs. And if you look at, you know, our, uh, our continuous uh, 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 overachievement over Arsenal uh, in the past few years, uh, that is that not... That is not getting it at all. I wouldn't call it overachievement. We uh, deserved all I, of the wins we had. That is true. Yes, it's that underachievement is, By now? that, I mean achievement over Arsenal there you uh, go. Uh, and all of that. But uh, because, you know, God bless them, they're doing the best they can. Um, you know, little, you know, little scrappy guys. But... Um, uh, that didn't just come about. I think that has been a product of, uh, you know, planting that seed of Mauricio Pochettino and then kind of growing the squad. Um, and uh, uh, I think, you know, this new stadium doesn't happen without that. These, you know, uh, uh, you know, setting our, you know, record signings and all of that. You know, I mean, these are, uh, these are the problems of a big-time club. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I welcome those problems uh, with reticence because I just want everyone to be happy and play well and do <laughs> fine and not be hurt talking to you Gio Celso but um, <laughs> you spoke uh, the uh, at the end of the day I think and what we're really seeing is you know the ascendancy of Spurs uh, into really uh, uh, making that notion of the top six uh, a uh, a household thing it's not top four anymore right yeah. I mean it's top six you have Spurs and City in there uh, and then it's Everybody else, and that is something that I'll uh, um, that I'll always welcome. Love it, uh, Brian. Let me ask you about the the Pochettino era. Uh, I think we can all agree he's been one of the more successful managers for Spurs in the last ten years. Um, how exactly has he <laughs> ever? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, let's, let's stretch it there. Um, how exactly has, in your opinion, has he engineered his success? What are some of the things? Had a, that have impressed you about him? Um, maybe not so much, but overall just kind of made you think, yeah, this is this is the guy that really kind of leads Spurs. I mean, I think that the brand of football that they play is a lot more exciting than a lot of teams. Um, but there's a lot of frustration with some of the decisions that are made, yep. whether it be substitutions, formations. Yeah, those are the two big things that are frustrating. You know, why are we not subbing all of our players? Or why are we waiting until the 80th minute to do subs? Um, but, I mean, I think that, and I hope that at least it gets continues to get better and those decisions come a little more naturally. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think that the type of person he is, he's personable, friendly, the players like him. I think that that helps lead to a good, like, clubhouse. It's just hopefully all that continues to come together and, mm-hmm. and do do good do good do good keeps doing good yeah uh you have a degree i absolutely agree i think that he's playing a brand of football that people want to see in 2019 it's not your traditional punt up the field and chase the ball down he's playing out of the back he's bringing in more international players uh, but at the same time, we're bringing in players from the youth squad and we're seeing them get into the first team. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the youth. We're able to cheer for players that we saw get signed at 15 years old and move up the rankings. So I agree. There's a lot of frustration watching some of the <laughs> questionable decisions. Uh, but at the end of the day, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think we can argue that much. I can go. Being optimistic, perhaps realistic, what is 
in your guys' opinion, the projected future for Spurs? I mean, let me just go ahead and lay this out. The trophy situation <laughs> is clearly one that pisses off a lot of Spurs fans. And Where it's was still that elephant? The <laughs> oh, there you are. Uh, Audi the Cup fuel. final winners? Uh, uh, okay, that's true. <laughs> yes, let's not uh, tarnish the reputation of the Audi Cup. But, um, <laughs> that had a reputation? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a thing that exists. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's silverware, guys. Um, <laughs> let, me, uh, let me go ahead and ask it. Are Spurs going to be winning a trophy in the next two years Um, you have to think yeah it's possible I mean we we are uh, frankly a uh, a rule change away from uh, a Musa Sissoko handball no longer being a penalty right uh, completely, uh, change, completely changing the game uh, and completely changing the match, right? I, I mean, going to come not, not, not to take anything from you know uh, uh, away from Liverpool and 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 Virgil Van Dijk, who's just absolutely phenomenal. But um, yeah, I mean, you have to think anything can happen, right? And that's kind of the beauty to kind of you know uh, uh, piggyback on Brian's point about you know about Potch, you know, and, and what is so beautiful and awful about it is that he makes you believe. Yeah. Uh, and that, <laughs> and, and as we all Equally know, hope yeah. is the most dangerous thing uh, uh, for, you know, uh, for a fan base. So it, uh, uh, you think, yeah, uh, when you start looking at, you know, the metrics and unfortunately the Spurs squad is existing in the world of uh, uh, this Jurgen Klopp Liverpool and this Pep Guardiola uh, 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 city and I it's gonna be tough right I mean but it would always be tough yeah. uh, I think they are talented enough it is always a matter of health and depth uh, and every single time we think we have both uh, one attacks the other so uh, it is uh, uh, I think it's absolutely possible uh, but um, you know only time will tell but I'll tell you what uh, uh, if if it comes with the pure joy and elation that is captured by the uh, uh, Strange Days Brewing uh, 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 security camera that's above me, <laughs> oh, yes. that, that captured us uh, after Go after Luca scores the go ahead in Amsterdam, uh, then <laughs> sign me up. He's in. <laughs> uh, speaking again of future prospects, obviously new stadium is now fully open, operational. That whole saga of the stadium being built was was something else, but it's now been built. It's now up and, and running. Uh, obviously going to be having NFL games, uh, going to be part of part of it as well. Um, how does that factor into the fan base of Spurs globally? Do we think that's going to attract significantly more people, or is it not going to do as much as we think? What are our thoughts on that one? I really think that that's going to make Tottenham even more of a global brand than it already is. The U.S. is still completely underrepresented when it comes to true European soccer fans. I mean, there's supporters groups, sure, but your average guy who's watching football on Sundays has no idea what's going on. And when they see that Spurs stadium, which is, by the way, one of the best stadiums I've ever seen on camera, and you see that retractable pitch coming back, the NFL logo coming out, you're going to see Harry on the sidelines because he loves the NFL and he's going to be there. <laughs> yeah, but he loves the Patriots. Oh, that's, oh, that's a bummer. Oh, that's yeah. a bummer. <laughs> Everyone has to have a flaw. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's just going to drive some interest in fans wanting to go over to watch their team play in London and saying, well, this looks like a lot of fun. Why don't we go for an extra couple of days and check out the game? the Spurs game first and then we will watch you know the NFL game the day after and it's just going to bring that to I think it's going to make it big oh, I agree with that 
I agree with MD. And uh, Brian, final thoughts on that, future of Spurs? Feeling good about it? Yeah. Yeah, I think feeling good. I think we're going in the right direction. Um, you know, as far as silverware within the next two years, uh, the league, not in this atmosphere yeah. with City and Liverpool, but, you know, there's the League Cup and the FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to say it, but I said it. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I think th- those are definitely attainable. Um, and silverware is silverware, right? So, Audi um, Cup is the Audi Cup. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. Uh, I have some questions, guys, from the old Twitter sphere. Uh, I did ask it before we started our recording, so I'm going to go ahead and read them. Uh, feel free to jump in and, uh, and answer. The first question I have is from one of our very own uh, Casey Spurs members, Gary Baker, uh, wants to know from each of you guys, who is your favorite player and the moment you remember from the last 10 years? What's <clears throat> up, Jerry? Uh, let's see. Uh, I would say Raphael Vendevart. Okay. Uh, and it was a North London Derby go-ahead winner, uh, and it might have been... I feel like I know this. It was like 4-3 was the final uh, score. Yeah. Something like that. High yeah. score again, but it was away. Oh, yeah, maybe. I might have to look that up. Get your computer out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so I need my updates. Uh, but... North London Derby winner Raphael Vandevart. Uh, my he is one of my absolute favorites, and he's great because as a social media follow, you can tell he's still uh, he's still a Lily White uh, and is you know, still very vocal in his support, uh, even uh, as as Spurs went over Ajax you know, uh, and all that. But it uh, uh, he's 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 my favorite. Love it. You have. You know, I would have said uh, Berbatov for the longest time just because of how lazy he looked on the field and yet how many <laughs> goals he managed to score. Uh, but Something come with uh, Vandervaart. Yeah. Like <laughs> but I've just managed, you know, when, when we signed Sonny from Bayer Leverkusen, I hated the signing. I thought it was going to be the worst signing, $20 million that we're never going to get back. And that first year, I, I kind of was proved right and he just really <laughs> didn't acclimate that well and in the last couple of years I have just fallen in love with the energy he brings to the team the smile he has on his face no matter what's going on he's never mad he always puts 100% in and I just love seeing him on the field so Sonny for me is my guy love it. oh that's a good one that 1A is, that is, 1A and 1B a good one. Uh, my favorite player is uh, Erickson and I was. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> I was so, you're so a free torn agent apart. Too. <laughs> so torn apart. Don't before worry. The about window five closed. years, we'll find another blonde, small midfielder <laughs> that'll be world class. Yeah. It'll be great. And Danish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was torn apart uh, before the end of the window, and it was like, please, please, please don't leave. Um, so at least we have until January, um, and we'll see after that. Um, yeah, my my favorite moment. Um, the last few years, and it's not an Ericsson goal or anything. It's a Wanyama rocket against ah, Liverpool. Liverpool. Yes, it was a thing of beauty. Good. Definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, would, that's true. That's a good moment there. I love it. Uh, and then the other question we have uh, from Will Rivard, who has been a guest on our podcast at oh, uh, Hotspur World, uh, wants to know the most, and I think, I think we all have the same answer to this, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, our favorite moment from a Kansas City Spurs watch party. I mean, we kind of alluded to it, yep. right? <laughs> I, so uh, for those who don't know, please go uh, to our Twitter page, <laughs> at KC Spurs. Uh, so Strange Days actually pulled their security footage 
when Luca scored the stoppage time goal uh, uh, against Ajax, and it's hysterical because, well, first of all, it was, you know, middle of the day. Uh, three o'clock, <laughs> three in the o'clock yeah, yeah. On a Tuesday, <laughs> on, a, on a Tuesday, Arsenal guys. That see, so Champions League's on Tuesday, <laughs> which is two days before Thursday. You oh, guys are night. on. <laughs> you guys are on Thursday, so those are two different days. And you're in um, Azerbaijan, yeah, <laughs> in a field. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's it's Tuesday, and actually. Uh, I, I was thrilled to be able to come because it was uh, uh, I worked for the government and it was Truman's birthday that day. Thanks, Truman. So so it really <laughs> felt it felt like it was just you know in in the stars right for KC Spurs. Uh, so I had the day off. So I bring my buddy uh, and his wife there. I was like, yeah, watch some watch some soccer. I was like, yeah, sure. So we had you know we had a you had a decent amount of people in the bar and you had a group of Ajax guys and I'm gesturing over to the far, t- far television because in the video that is pinned to our page you can see one of the Ajax guys as soon as the goal goes in watch it a few times because there's a lot to take in so much uh, but the fella I'll never forget just I'm surprised his ball cap isn't implanted in the brick uh, in the wall <laughs> leading back to the men's room because he just slams it with just disgust um, and then you have people on on the floor, spinning so around. Did a knee slide across Sliding. the concrete. Oh right my god! <laughs> right there, and it's polished, but like you know, not that much. Uh, so it, it uh, that that to me, uh, you know, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head. We've yeah. alluded to this. This is kind of built up. It built up to this not only as a uh, uh, as a club with Tottenham, but also local with our local supporters group that we had that much passion here because uh, uh, it was always here. Uh, we just had to put it all in one yeah. place. Would you agree, Johan? I wish I could agree. I wasn't here for that. Oh, I was in San Francisco. I well, couldn't. Maybe I should I ask, where yeah. were you at the moment that goal was scored? <laughs> I was. I don't even remember the name of the bar. I'm sorry, San Francisco Spurs. You did a great job. But I was in the San Francisco Spurs bar watching with a equally as raucous but far less entertaining, I think, uh, final goal there. Um, so I, I wish I could agree. I would love to have been here, but I was not here for that one. Fortunate. And you were here, Brian. Really. Yeah, I was working behind the bar at the time. It was a thing of beauty. Catch <laughs> that moment, first person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was at the gym uh, training a client, and the game was on one Shut of up. our many screens. And I was literally in the middle of counting reps, and it was like six, seven. Oh my God! And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> I start jumping around the gym. The rest is history. Thanks, Nina. I appreciate you putting up with me uh, for those brief two <laughs> minutes there. Um, right, guys, we're going to finish off with a little bit of fun here as I always like to do. And since this is a kick corner flag show, it of course wouldn't be complete without a little quiz. Uh, so we're gonna play a variation of fact Seven. or fiction. Oh, oh you- no, I'm sorry, there wasn't a <laughs> Jared. We're not there yet, it's not yeah. that game. That's a different game. Yunus uh, Kabul. Is incorrect. Um, here's, here's how it's gonna work. I've got six different statements here. Uh, I'm gonna ask each of you, not in turn, just kind of in general, uh, if you think these are fact or fiction, uh, so let's just go ahead and jump in with the first one. From 2006 to 2010, Mansion.com, the casino and poker website, was the club's primary shirt sponsor. Is that fact or fiction? What year? Uh, 2006 to 2010. I'm going to go with fact. I'm going to say fact, yeah. yeah. Fact, fact, fact. All think fact? No yeah. one thinks differently? 
All right, yes, you are absolutely correct, it is fact. <laughs> so you each get a point. Yes. This is going swimmingly. It's not a team game, by the way. I see the, the like, oh, do we think Are it's you going to pull up your good? computer again? Good job, guys. <laughs> the <laughs> computer is... was never on. <laughs> there is no computer. <laughs> For the first time. Yeah, they can't see it. This is made of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's made of cardboard. <laughs> That's what happens when you work for the government. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Thank you, everyone, for paying your property taxes. Love <laughs> All right. All right, number two. Uh, Tim Sherwood had officially, officially, the shortest reign as manager of the club, lasting only 28 games. Is that fact or fiction? I'm going to say fact because I can't name a... Ch- I, I can't think of a shorter one, okay, but I know so that facts. he was, you know... I'm going to say fiction because probably someone in 1892 got fired after a game for getting way too drunk in the field. <laughs> or not drunk enough. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to go with similar <laughs> reasoning. That, like, There's so much history that it's... So fiction, yeah, fiction, 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 yeah. Uh, Jared has it. It is fact. Oh, go. Right, congratulations. Ah. Hey, there we go. See, Thank what you happens for when you losing that chat. Yeah, right. Thanks, Surface yeah. Pro. That worked out well. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Microsoft. Board. <laughs> Made a couple. Uh, number three. In the Premier League era, so from 1993 onwards, the lowest Spurs ever finish in a season was 17th. Jared, fact fiction. Both of them do start with F, I agree. Barely a... (laughs) Well, I mean, it's pretty low. Only just avoid relegation. No, I'm going to say fiction. Fiction? I'm I'm in Jared's corner on this one. I'm going to say fiction fiction as well. Yeah, 17th low. Fiction. It is fiction. Yes, we each get a point. Nice work on that. Oh, my God, thank God. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Does anyone know know actually what is the lowest we've finished? Uh, 14th? It's, I was going to say 10th or 11th. It's 15th. Whew. In the 93, so the first Premier League season, we finished 15th. Started with a bang. Mm. We've literally, yeah. Close. It can only go up. It's <laughs> fair, right? Comfort. It can only trend in one You're direction. You're gun shy from previous podcast, James. I like how it's Premier League era, era. now. It's, 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 it's official. Yeah. Um, number four, Spurs legend Jimmy Greaves holds the club record for the most amount of goals scored in a single season. A little bit of a historical one there for you guys. Are we thinking mm. facts or fiction? That includes all goals over all competitions? Uh, Premier League goals, good Premier question. League goals. Good question. Uh, no. He has the all-time collective goals, but goals in the season is Harry. I'm going to be the guy that plays semantics, and since you said Premier League goals, I'm going to say clearly fiction, because 93 was the first Premier League <laughs> season. <laughs> Tearing the paper up. I think you don't need to answer because you tore it up. You know, now that I look back at it, maybe it is the other way. I'm telling you, top flight football. That's all you got to (laughs) say. That's going to cover my back for as your as your lawyer. I'm (laughs) going to tell you simply say top flight football. Not getting sued. Uh, Well, the answer is fiction, and so whoever got that right, I've lost track of the scores. Uh, It was Clive Allen, 49 goals in the 1986-87 era. Uh, Oh wow, top flight era, and then he went on to play or just top flight. But in the Premier League era, it is Harry. So I'm giving everyone a point just (laughs) because I screwed up. Uh, Number five, Spurs were the first team to concede a thousand goals in the Premier League era. Premier League era. Uh, Yeah, is that fact or fiction? Spurs were the first team to concede a thousand goals in the Premier League era. That's a lot of goals. That's a lot of goals. Like all at once? (laughs) Yes, in one game. It was a rough rough game. (laughs) De Bruyne and Aguero I both had. I can't had. even wrap my head around. This is a metric I've never thought about. Uh, sure, true. It feels right. I mean, it would have to be a team that's been in every single season of the Premier League yeah. and has not been super successful, right? <laughs> it checks out. Yeah. I'm going to say fiction, but probably fact. I don't know. Same I'm going to say fiction. Faction? 
<laughs> no, no, no. Uh, fact, sure. Fact. You guys got the points. It is true. Believe it or not, they were the first team. And it was in 2012, a game against Wolverhampton. Stephen Fletcher's goal against Spurs officially gave us that beautiful... Oh, so that was seven years ago that we did that. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, uh, Do we get a trophy for that? It felt closer. <laughs> trophy for that. Love it. Uh, the last question. The new Spurs stadium, which opened in April 2019, is said to have cost a grand total of $1 billion. Pounds. <laughs> Joe's giving me that evil one. I'm going to throw conversion rates at me. $1.2 billion. Pre-Brexit pounds or post-Brexit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brexit might have had a factor in the overall cost of the stadium. Side note. Yeah, so you maybe that helps. You can't, fit, you can't fit that many electricians through <laughs> the channel. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, well, you got to hold them in Yorkshire or someplace. Um, is that a place, James? Is Yorkshire a place? Uh, said well, yes. Cool. Yorkshire. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, true. Okay. True. I think it was a little bit more than that. So I'm going to say fiction. It's fact. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said a little bit more, not a, a lot little, more. A lot more. Well, you yeah. know, 1.2. <laughs> Love it. Um, I did mess up the scores a little bit on that one, but I think Jared actually took the win there. I think he got... Did you get all of them right? One, two, three, four, four. You did? I, did you? Cool. Yeah? yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I was, I've, I've been drinking. I don't know. <laughs> I think I've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Cheating. Ta-da. Which really, I need to do more. Uh, I, I, it is perfectly fair in a Who Can Clonify quiz that, Jared, did you win? <laughs> That's your, why. Your Let me check the bar. Your, your incredulity is excused. Let me tell you. <laughs> Oh, man. Guys, the, this has been an absolute blast. Uh, any final shout-outs from any of you guys? You know what? We just hope to see all of you uh, Spurs supporters here uh, at Strange Days. Uh, great people, great beer, great football. Come on down. You all right? I am looking forward to 9 a.m. Saturday morning. We're going to have a great time. It's against? I don't even know the <laughs> Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Palace. <laughs> and, and our Thanks, already, lo- resident, already lost resident the quiz. Crystal really Palace fan, Matt. So yes. Yeah. We can outnumber him. It's going to be there. It'll be lots of fun. We don't have an official derby title for this is game. Is Corey it's allowed Matt. to vote, uh, root against Olympiakos, given his wonderful Greek roots? Or is he this gonna, is interesting. This <laughs> is interesting. <laughs> or is he going to come in with like a bottle of Uzo and make we everybody make take him, shots? We should make him prove it through feats of strength. James? And Uzo. Um, I'm in. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. like this. Corey, if like you're listening, it. hope you're ready. It's going to be great. There is no name for the Eagles, Spurs, Darby. That's what I was saying, Matt. So yeah, the, the United one we call the Strange Days Darby. Uh-huh. But I didn't see that. That's a bigger group than Crystal yeah. Palace. Yeah. Yeah, Crystal Palace, we have like the one fella. Matt, you got any ideas? Other Palace fans are welcome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not like they're not welcome. <laughs> they just don't I have exist. a wonderful <laughs> memory of Palace. I went to London last year in order to watch our Spurs in our new stadium take on Man City. Not only was the stadium not ready, but because of NFL football, the game got moved to a Monday, and so my flight was $12,000 more if I wanted to move it to a Monday. <laughs> so you and moved so it, I right? didn't get to watch the game. <laughs> and so instead I got a ticket to Palace Arsenal at Palace's stadium, and I got to watch Palace get two really weak penalties and tie 2-2. I loved every minute of it. it was <laughs> yes. That sounds like it's worth it. 
I love it. <laughs> a great day at Selhurst Park. It is just fine. Oh, that's, that's a great way to finish it. Let's just leave it there. Um, that does conclude the latest episode for the Extra Time series. Big thanks to KC Spurs members Jared Basamente, Brian Coltenbach, and Johan Krahammer. Don't forget, as always, to check out our social media avenues uh, from Twitter at Keep Corner Flag, our Facebook page, and website kickflag.com. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time. Thank you.